Hello, welcome to In the Kitchen with Brett Thorne, a food service industry podcast by Restaurant Hospitality. I'm your host, Senior Food and Beverage Editor Brett Thorne, and my guest for this episode is Ajiatu Jalo, a young woman originally from the West African country of Guinea who, in her spare time when she's not the head grill chef of Cut by Wolfgang Puck, has her own catering company, Aji's Kitchen, through which she serves what she calls African fusion, taking the flavors of her childhood and recreating them in a fine dining setting. These days, you can enjoy her meals via Resident, a company that supports budding young chefs by setting up pop-up venues for them to curate their meals. Aji's approach to cooking these meals isn't to seek out the spices of West Africa to prepare what she has in mind, but instead goes to spice shops and smells and tastes and recreates the flavors from memory that she's looking for. I can relate to that. I tend to cook that way too. In fact, when I was a little younger than Aji is now, I was in culinary school in Paris and the wife of one of my classmates, a fellow American, was hosting a potluck dinner for which she asked us to cook a dish from our childhood that reflected our culture. I decided to make my grandmother's kugel, a sort of Eastern European Jewish casserole, sort of, that my Nana made on many Friday nights when I was growing up. Kugel can be savory or sweet. It can be made from potatoes or noodles, and probably other bases as well. My Nana's was sweet, made with egg noodles, wide egg noodles, and cottage cheese, and it was sprinkled with cinnamon sugar, and I had no idea what else was in it. I suppose I could have called her from Paris, but it was the 1980s, and I came from a frugal family that would have been shocked at what would have been the outrageous expense of calling across continents for a recipe. I guess I could have written a letter, which was, in fact, how people communicated back then, but there wasn't time. The potluck was in just a couple of days. So I messed around in my tiny Parisian kitchen, And what I came up with tasted pretty similar to what my Nana made. And it's not like my classmates would know the difference. At any rate, it was a hit. And Aji, my guest today, says cumin is a good go-to for a lot of the West African flavors that she's uh, looking for. And I'm sure that her style will evolve as time goes on, because after all, she is only 22 years old. I hope you enjoy my conversation with her, because... Here it is. Aji Jalo, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Nice to meet you, too. I'm great. How are you? I, I am also great. Uh, happy to talk to you about what you're doing. You uh, have a catering company, right? Yes, I do. I have an African fusion catering company called AMJ Fusion. And, and where are you from? I'm from West Africa, Guinea, very small country. <laughs> yeah, Guinea, that's the, the little skinny one, right? Yes, it's close to Senegal. Many people mistake it for Ghana, but it's Guinea. <laughs> yeah, Ghana's different. That's the one with the peanut stew. You guys got your yeah. own stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been here in the States? Um, so I came here when I was eight years old in 2008. 
seems like a lifetime ago, but then it's, <laughs> it's only like 11, 12 years ago, so. Well, we're glad to have Um, And how did you get involved in, in cooking? Um, so my first memory of food is actually when I was back in Africa, my step-grandfather used to go to Senegal and he was, I guess, a pastry chef. He used to make cakes and he would come back and show us the pictures. I actually only met him like three times, but every time I met him, he would show us like the pictures of the cakes and stuff. And I didn't really understand what that was at the time. I just knew that it looked very interesting. And then when I first came to America in 2008, I was just very fascinated by all the different ingredients that I was seeing, like broccoli, asparagus, those are things that I never really seen back in Guinea. So for me, that was interesting. And I wanted to know more about those ingredients. And after I watched Sleeping Beauty, my first... <laughs> My first Disney movie, I saw when the fairy godparents was making the cake for um for the wedding, I believe, or the birthday. And it just reminded me of my grandfather back home. And I was like, you know what? I want to learn how to make this. And that's honestly where my journey started when I was eight. I didn't make my first successful cake until I was 19. So, <laughs> Whoa, that's a long time. So did you, you, you are a, a CCAP alum, right? Careers Through Culinary Arts Program? Yes. So I actually got connected with CCAP when I was 14. So um, after middle school, well, during middle school, I loved cooking. So I finally convinced my parents that, you know, culinary is something real, is something that I really want to do. So they allowed me to go to a high school that had a culinary program. And through there, I got connected with CCAP. And that's honestly where my journey really, really started once I got connected with CCAP. And, and what high school was that? I went to the School for International Studies. The name is changed now to Barham Hill, I believe. That's cool. It's and in downtown. Yeah, yeah, not far from where I live. I live in Park Slope, so Warham Hill is pretty close. Oh, see? You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you got involved in cooking there because they had a, a program. And then, then what did you do? Walk us through what your career has been like. <laughs> I know you were at Nobu for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, I was. So once I got connected with CCAP, um, I started, of course, working towards the competitions that they have for college. So since when I was in the ninth grade, I was practicing for the competition that wouldn't happen until the 11th grade. So I was just, um, I felt like for me, color, in a way, culinary, like, you know, was the reason I was, I stayed out of trouble and I stayed very focused in school because it made me love going to school. It made me look forward to something. Like if you didn't have good grades, you couldn't really participate in the culinary program. So for me, that was a push. I spent a lot of times after school just staying in the kitchen and like working. And I finally got my, I would say my first kitchen job, which is Popeye's. Um, I was 15 and I got that through a family connection. And then in the 10th grade, I got my first real, real professional kitchen job as a prep cook. 
I was working at the Copa Still on um, 10th Street as my first internship when I was in high school. So that was great. I was a prep cook. Um, I really liked it. I worked with this chef. Um, his name was Chef Marv, and he really just introduced me to so many different ideas and concepts of food. And then um, after I left that job, I started working for Pilot, which is in Brooklyn. I don't know if you heard of it, Pilot or Grand Banks. Yeah, so it's a restaurant on a boat. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, the yeah, with Carrie Heffernan as the, the big chef, right? Yes, yes, yes. See, you know him. I do, yes. So um, <laughs> I practiced for the CCAF competition until 11th grade, but I actually didn't end up going through with it because I got into a car accident. So I couldn't continue with the competition, but I still stayed with CCAP and it was very supportive. And they actually showed me City Tech through one of their programs. One day we had a trip and we went to City Tech and I really liked it because of how diverse the hospitality program was. And at first I was just so focused on cooking. That's all I want to do. But then I realized I always wanted to open my own restaurant. So it might be better not just to learn about food, but to learn about the concept of food, front of the house and all of that. So that's when I decided to go to City Tech. And when I got to City Tech, um, that's when I started working at Noble. When I got to City Tech through a mutual friend, I really enjoyed my time at Noble. It was great. I felt like the kitchen really pushed me. I learned about a lot about Japanese cuisine and just like which is great because that's something that I really never thought I would get into. And then um, while I was at Noble, that's actually when I first started my catering business, Aji's Kitchen. So that was very good in the beginning because a lot of people wanted to try like African food or African fusion food. And um, what I actually forgot to mention, I was selling food in high school as well. Some people used to sell cookies and cupcakes. I used to sell buffalo wings in high school. So I would have people placing their orders. And then every Friday, I would come and give them the food that I was, of course, cooking out of my house. But that didn't work out very well because I realized I was losing money because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do food costs and all the other stuff. I was just, you know, give me $5, I'll bring you wings. But I was losing money, so I stopped. So for me, deep down, like selling food on my own have always been a thing, even though I have it, even when I work full time. So um, when I started Edge's Kitchen, that was really great. My chefs, every chef that I worked with has always been super supportive. The city is very small. So when you work with people and you leave on a good note, you really get the support and you get the network. So for me, that was one thing that I would say I got out of staying in New York for school instead of going to CIA because that's what I was aiming for in the beginning. Um. So after I started at just kitchen, I was still working at Noble full time. And when I got the year of college, my I was speaking to one of my professors who wanted me to look for another internship. And at first I really wanted to do it with Noble, but she kind of pushed me and was like, hey, listen, you've been on Noble for a while. I know you really love Noble, but I see more potential in you and I don't want you to get stuck with the first big job that you have 
there's a lot of other great restaurants in the city and you want to do you're more into french fine dining and noble is upscale japanese peruvian so don't just stay there because you like it and or because everybody talks about noble you need to do something that you know that you want to do so that really pushed me um on my off day from noble i started looking at jobs online i was like I need to find something. And then I started looking into Wolfgang Puck because that's also another chef that I always looked up to. And, you know, he has done a lot throughout his career. So I applied just to see how it goes. And I had also worked many stations on Noble. So I felt like I knew a lot of the dishes. I learned what I could learn. My biggest fear always been to get stuck at one place. I feel like Right now, since I'm young, if I work at a place two, three years, no issues, I learn what I could learn. I could always move on to something new. I want to open my own business. So I feel like that's very helpful. So once I got my interview with Wolfgang Puck, I actually, I gave Noble a one month notice just because I was still hesitant on like whether I wanted to leave and I didn't want to go to a different company. So while I was actually doing my switch, I started to think, okay, you know what? I still want to do my own side business, but this is going to be hard. So I decided to stick with doing an African fusion food tasting gallon once every year. So that started about two years ago, and we just had our second one this August, and they all been pretty successful so far. Um, we basically bring together all the food lovers in the city and we give them a five course tasting menu for three and a half hours plus music, wine. So a lot of people really loved it. A lot of my chefs, most of my chefs from Noble actually took off and came. And, you know, that's amazing when you see people that you work with come out to support and actually give employees the day off. So when I came to Wolfgang, I was still, I was on my last year of college, but I would say I did grow faster once I came to Wolfgang because I moved to the highest station in the kitchen within like two months. So that success and you don't really see many women in the kitchen working the grill station. So for me, that's something that I really loved and I really looked forward to. I still look forward to it. Whenever I'm going to work, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to work um, at a place that I really love. So that was great. And that has basically been how my journey been so far. I'm still doing the catering and I just started working with residency. Um, as you know, I'm also a James Beard fellow. And so I've been doing like a lot of side projects here and there. I like to stay busy so that, you know, I'm always focused on something. So what working restaurant do you work at? Right now I'm currently working at Wolfgang still. I am the lead okay, grill chef for Wolfgang right now. This, yes, this, Wolfgang Cook. Oh, there's a, there's a Wolfgang. I didn't even know there was a Wolfgang Cook in New York. Yeah, so there's only one real Wolfgang Puck in New York. All the other steakhouses is the other. <laughs> I know there's another Wolfgang. Right, yeah. Yeah, the one in the Four Seasons. Oh, okay, great. And you're working the grill, so that's cool. And you also have your own Yes, I'm the head grill chef now. Awesome. 
So how? Yeah, so it's, it's been busy. Yeah, I would think that would be fun. Um, so how, so you, you came to the United States when you were eight. So how did you learn how to cook the uh, African? Is obviously just because you're African doesn't mean you know how to make it. So how did you learn that? <laughs> my mom and my elder sister, they always cooked. And like I said, I was cooking for my dad since when I was nine years old. So I would be home cooking with my mom. I learned how to make all the African dishes that I could learn. And also back home, um, it might sound weird, but I was cooking even when I was back home and I was like five, six. And my country really, when the parents, when your mom is cooking as a woman, you just stay out there, you cook with your mom or like what, whatever female that's cooking. And I didn't really live with my mom when I was in Africa because she was always in America. I lived with my stepmom, a few aunts, and I always had to like be outside with them and cook with them. So that's something that I feel like I always had a great love for since when I was a child. And being introduced to something different just made me realize, you know what, this is what I want to do. And for a long time as a kid, I really like it was hard for me to accept that cooking was the only thing that I really enjoyed doing because I did not know that you could make a career out of it. My parents, they African, they like you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like cooking is just like what a woman is supposed to do. It's not a career. So for me, for my parents. Well, that's great. So you said you do African fusion food in your catering. So what are what are some examples of some of the the dishes that you've made? Either at <laughs> um, okay, so African <laughs> African fusion is um as you know like French cuisine is like the foundation of all most food. Let me not say all, especially like for chefs. So it's okay. like when you um when you get in to the industry somehow you're always going to have a deep you know a little connection with like French cuisine because that's the foundation so for me when I make African food usually everything is like most food items is like one pot dishes or like meat is not really the main component in something else but what I learned by going to culinary school is to break down the components in like the African dishes so that I could put that dish together just like how you would do it at a restaurant instead of having everything just combined together to get those flavors. So our um a dish that I would say would be a, the Dibby taco, which is something that I serve at my food galas every year. It's something that people actually really love. So we don't really have tacos in Africa. There's, you know, no such thing. And Dibby is one of the most popular West African cuisines, like food or street food that you could have. And what is Dibby? So Dibby is a type is a type of way you cook meat. And Dibby could be lamb, chicken, um, steak. It's just the meat have to be marinated with mustard and a lot of um, West African spices. And then you have to grill it. So the name, everything is just like mustard, onions, and the spices. That's like the main components of what makes Dibby. And is it hard to get uh, African spices here in New York? Um, not really. I feel like sometimes you could just combine 
your own or like I'm very um maybe it's just me but when I taste different spices it kind of always reminds me of something that I used to eat as a kid and sometimes I use that as a way to combine different spices to get like what I want to get because there's um there's a seasoning called Maggie that mm -hmm. a lot of West African um countries use but it is not really healthy for you yeah Maggie has a lot of sodium yeah. See, you know, you know. So what what are some examples of like Western spices that you combine that then kind of mimic the African flavors? Um, I would say cumin is definitely one of them. I realize when I mix cumin, um, you know, cayenne pepper, white pepper, and black pepper. There's actually a lot of different types of black pepper and I go to um I forgot the name of it but there's this spice store in the city where they have all these different spices that they make in the back and when I go to places like that I smell everything taste everything and that's when I do like my combinations but I definitely think cumin is one of the spices that I could use in my food to be like okay this kind of tastes like what I will eat back home so you do that uh, the that gala event you've done that twice do you do a lot of other catering i mean you're busy you're a grill chef so like do you have a lot of time to do other catering um, right now i'm working five days at cut by wolfgang um nine to eleven hour shifts and on my off days which is wednesdays and thursdays i do um private dinners through residency which is um i don't know if you heard of it before but they started about two years ago where they get um, different chefs to do like intimate dinners around the city. So that's what I do. I actually have um, a very big event tomorrow and Friday. So I can still work and I just have to do the menu and, um, you know, all the little stuff. And they take care of the wine pairing, the staff, the location. So it takes a lot off my plate and I could just focus on cooking right now on my own and it's how I'm connecting my catering business with residency because I could still cater to different people and I don't have to worry about getting the clients because they promote and get the clients from me. That's great. And this residency through the, the James Beard Foundation, right? No, 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 no. Okay. This is actually something, yeah, one of my chefs just recommended me to this because when I was doing the caterings, I was still doing it Wednesdays and Thursdays, private mm -hmm. um, dinners for private families or like for events. But it was becoming too much because I have to like do the food costs, do the menu, do the drink pairing, do the focus on the table set of the decorations. So one of my chefs was like, you could still do all of that if you connect with a residency and you don't have to worry about not getting clients because they will get the clients for you. There's, and it's been great so far. They always have different clients, different locations around the city. It's, it's honestly great. <laughs> it sounds great. When it's tiring, you, but it's great. When did you start working uh, with residency? Um, I would say two weeks ago. Oh, so you just started. That's when I... Because mm -hmm. I was just doing the AMJ Fusion, but now, now that takes a lot off my plate because they provide all the extra stuff 
And I just, my event tomorrow actually sold out and I have another event on Friday. So I'm just doing events back to back. So, you know, that's the life. <laughs> but, but you have to work on Friday. So you, but the menu's all done. And so residency takes care of all of that. Yeah. So I just come make the menu and then they do the wine pairing with the menu. They provide the staff, they provide the location. And I just go in the day before and I cook. And they also set a budget. So it helps with food cost. Well, that's great. Excellent. Well, we're about out of time and you've answered all my questions. It was really nice to meet you. <laughs> Aji Jalo. It was nice to meet you too. Thank you. And congratulations on your success. And I hope it continues for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. And I appreciate you taking the time. I think you're busier than I am. You're definitely working harder. So thanks a lot. <laughs>